NFL. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. College. Elliott breaks free. Ezekiel Elliott gets a block and busts to the end zone. This is Go For Three. This is another episode of the Go For Three podcast. I'm your host, AJ Weir, along with Neil Schraffenberger, back in action for another week. The calendar has turned to August. It is officially, in, in my mind, it's now fall. We're now into football season. We have football happening later this month. I also saw a tweet that uh, starting a week from yesterday, so, so I guess next Sunday, like six days from now, there will be football in some form or fashion every Sunday until February. That's very exciting. I did see that. Uh, now, unfortunately, the first like three or maybe even four weeks of that is all preseason football. Yes, and the Hall of Fame game too, which that's like three days in a training camp. I don't even really know why that's. I don't even really know why that's a thing, but I might as well just play flag football. It'd be more interesting. I don't know. Like, like, what can you learn in like, like a three seven days? on seven? I'd be. I I actually might watch that more than the regular Hall of Fame game. Are you gonna watch the Hall of Fame game? Uh, no, I didn't even watch it the year the Cowboys. I've I watched it one time like ten years ago. Uh, nope, didn't watch. I've had it was, oh, I, the only one time I did really watch it. Uh, Philly had To in the first year they got him. Oh, okay, first play in the Hall of Fame game. Uh, play action pass that went deep touchdown. It was awesome. It was like a sixty yard play. Like, did, oh. you wa- did you watch anything after that? I can't tell you one thing that happened after that. <laughs> well, <laughs> worth it. You remember probably the most exciting play of the game. So this week we're going to talk about um, the Titans signing a veteran wide receiver in uh, Andre Johnson, and uh, a very interesting bet between two wide receivers, Brandon Marshall and Antonio Brown. We'll touch on that. I find that kind of uh, kind of interesting considering Brandon Marshall was the one to initiate the bet. Uh, we'll give you a, a preview of the NFC North. Should be um, should be another interesting division this year. Uh, Vikings took down the Packers as kings of the North last year, but uh, we'll see if if A. Raj can get the Packers back to the top. But first, a guy that we've talked about a lot on here before he was even on a team, Ryan Fitzpatrick, now is on a team. He has re-signed with the New York Jets for one year. Uh, it was base salary twelve million dollars. And it's got $3 million in incentive, so could be worth up to uh, $15 million for him. We talked about it a lot. I think we both agreed that somehow the Jets and Fitzpatrick would get a deal done. I didn't think it would take till the end of July. Um, but they got it done, and how do you feel about the, the dollar amount? I think I feel good if I'm both sides. If I'm, I'm Fitzy, I'm like, all right, I, this could have been worse. You know, I could have been left with no team. And you know maybe getting a, a backup salary of, you know on the higher end like a Chase Daniels seven or eight million on the lower end you know maybe three four five million, um, and if I'm the Jets I'm like okay I got him for one year which is exactly what I wanted him for maybe with the incentives I might be overpaying him but that's good because that means he's being he's gonna be playing well so I think the dollar amounts 
you know, pretty much near perfect for both sides, I would say. Um, probably not what Fitzpatrick initially wanted when free agency started, but as free agency has gone forward, he's got to be happy with what he's got. Now, the loser in this scenario is Gino. Yeah, I feel bad for Gino. Like he, he's the one guy's like, he's like, hope, hope Fitzpatrick comes late to the meeting. Hope he comes late to the meeting because he showed up at like six fifty nine, and then walked in and said sorry he was late. Like I'm like, oh my god, like that's that's heartbreaking for him. Like, like, think about it. This is a guy last year who, you know, he's, he's like, all right, I'm going to be a starter. I'm going to make things happen. He was, like, anointed to start. Yeah. Like, it was go- that, going into the training camp. It was like, this is Geno's team. And a lot of people were hyping it as this is Geno's year. And because of his cheapness, he got punched in the face, broke his jaw on top of losing his job, and now may never at least have the opportunity to start. The only way I could see him starting now for a team is, like, if – He's a backup for a team, and the starter gets hurt, and then he has to like come in for four or five games or, or the rest of the season. Like I don't see him ever being anointed the starter beginning of the season. Somebody ever. would have to be really desperate. Like, it, it, and even you, then, I don't know, man. It, it, yeah, I mean, it, that's what, those would be, I think, the two easiest possibilities would be somebody very desperate and the guy in front of him getting hurt. Um, yeah, I... I I agree on the dollar amount. I think that, that twelve million as a base is a solid number. I think Fitzpatrick was asking for fifteen as his base um, when they initiated the negotiations, which would have been a little bit on the steep end. It's it's only three million dollars, but the, you know of of fifteen million, that's a, you know twenty percent. So it is it is kind of a, a a noticeable drop down to the twelve. And like you said, the the incentives of uh, or the three million in incentives, if he gets two, two and a half million of those, that means he must have done something well, and the Jets must be close to, if not getting in the playoffs again, which they were one game away from last year. One Ryan Fitzpatrick mistake away. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and that's and that's exactly what you get with him, though. You get, I mean, he's, he's never, his career completion percentage hovers, hovers around 60. He's always been known to be turnover prone. Like, you, you know... Kind of like how we've talked with Sanchez. Like, you know exactly what you're getting with him. So it's kind of what are you going to – how much money are you going to spend for him? Like a best, like, production per dollar kind of thing is what you're looking at with a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope he plays well. Now, if you're a, a fan of the Jets, like, how do you feel about it? Like, I, I feel like you're just like, eh, yeah. Like, I guess, I guess we're running the back. Like, we'll see what happens. I think you're feeling better than you were – Last time we recorded the show, because like, I would feel better with Fitzpatrick than with Gino. I think I think fans. That's what it was. Is they're like, so when they weren't going to sign Fitzpatrick initially, probably they're like, it's fine. We'll be good with Gino. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. And then when 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 uh, they signed Fitzpatrick, like, oh thank God we got Fitzpatrick back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's probably what they're thinking the whole time. No, I yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think there was probably a lot of uh, a lot of false hope around Gino. You know, you know, Todd Bowles all off season kept saying, you know, well. We're Gino's gonna, our man. We're gonna we're, we're gonna play with who we got, and right now Gino's our guy, and you know that's that's what we're gonna run with. Not so much anymore. No, yeah. but looking looking long term quickly, the Jets now have four quarterbacks on their roster: Fitzpatrick, Gino, most likely the backup unless something crazy happens. Bryce Petty, their fourth round pick last year, and 2015 draft. Yeah, and they just drafted Christian Hackenberg. So I guess the question is kind of two part. Do they keep four quarterbacks on the roster? No way they do. There's no okay. way. Who gets cut? Unfortunately, I think it's going to be our guy Petty, because 
Um, you know, obviously Fitzpatrick's probably going to be the starter. Geno's going to be second. Even though I, I mean, I don't know what they see in him. But, I mean, I, that means that Petty hasn't evolved at all since he's gotten there, which has only been a year. But they're not going to, I imagine they're going to cut Hackenberg. I mean, why draft him and, and then cut him immediately? When they spent a third round pick on him or the second round? It was third round. I want to say it was third, but Petty was a fourth. So, I, I mean, those you're, third and fourth round, you're still getting guys that can make impacts on your team. You're not really just trying to fill roster spots at that point. Yeah, but why would you go, like, they went into this year's draft already with three quarterbacks. You don't draft another they, guy they, unless you think someone's bad. They clearly must have thought that there was, that Fitzpatrick, or that, Bryce Petty didn't progress in the one year. Well, maybe they didn't think they were going to sign Fitzpatrick. That's possible too. That that could have been it too, because I I think at that point the talks had really kind of dried up. You know, they were they were kind of going at him the April May. Well, okay, draft was May, so the April time frame they were kind of going at it, and then it died off for a while. And for several months we had no word of what Ryan Smith's deal, what Ryan Fitzpatrick's deal was going to be, or where the negotiation stood. And then in like three days it was, oh, they're talking. Boom, there's a deal. Yeah, I, I I think they're gonna get rid of Petty. I think that's I I, I like Petty, but like you know I, don't, I don't have any basis for liking him. I just Petty, like him. come back to Texas. Cowboys need a backup. I don't know how I feel about Kellen Moore. He can't be any worse. I feel like Jerry, Jerry Jones says he was excited about Kellen Moore when he played the last few games. It was funny. Oh, but again, I thought he was better than Matt Castle. So. Wasn't saying much. Yeah. Anyway, we, we spent way, way, way too much time on Ryan Fitzpatrick. We spent like 45 minutes on him the past like month. But hey, it's over now. It's we don't over. have to talk about it. We can just talk about the Jets being the Jets and probably shooting themselves in the foot in week 17 again. That we can. Uh, let's move on to Andre Johnson. And it's been a while since I feel like we've talked about the heyday of Andre. Is, is it's it, because the heyday was a while ago. Ex- I know. It's Well, right now he just signed a two-year contract. Um with the Titans last year, I think you said, I'm looking at the notes, 41 catches, 503 yards. Yeah, I'm not sure on the, on the number of touchdowns. I didn't catch that. Maybe it was none. I think he had one. Okay. I want to say he had that one. Would sound about, I would be shocked if there was zero, but. Well, it sucks because you thought, you know, with the Colts last year, um, with, with luck, and, and obviously Andre's, you know, was past his prime, but like you didn't know how far past he was. He'd still be productive. Yeah. And. It was just a complete tailspin, and I don't know if that was him or just the Colts with a bad season, or probably some combination. But um, you know, they cut bait because they had him. They signed Frank Gore, all these old guys, and I mean, he's now gone. And, and I, Titans are just looking, just like trying to catch lightning in a bottle with him. I imagine. I think it's kind of, I think it kind of fits both both sides though, because the Titans have a lot of young receivers, and they brought in they. they they kind of bolstered the offensive line a little bit this offseason to protect Mariota. I mean, I mean, clearly he he is he is the franchise right now, and they need to protect him and keep him around for a while. They signed Demarco Murray, who I think can still be very productive. I don't think he's going to be a a rushing leader. Oh wow! Like now they're they're, they're, they're going the Colts route now. Let's just sign all these old guys. I don't know if you throw Demarco Murray into the old guys bin. On top of his, he eight. had one down year in Philly, which that whole team. He, he also had really a down only year. has one awesome year too. He does have a little some injury issues. A lot of injury issues. So that adds on top of whatever he's like. I don't know how old he is, but if he's like, let's say he's twenty eight, he's more like a thirty year old realistically. I don't think he's got a whole lot of time left in him, but I think that for right, I think that where the team's at right now. Both of these guys can be helpful because I, I I think that the signing of Andre Johnson is definitely more of a 
mentorship kind of role. I feel along with Demarco Murray a little bit. Yeah, I was about to say that. The, the kind of the combination of those two can help the young guys on the offense and the young guys on the team in general kind of learn how to be, um, learn how to be an NFL veteran. You know, there's 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 a lot of things that come with learning that you have everything in the off season from from the training to everything off the field, and then to just how to be a professional during the season. I mean, it's it's a big change going from from college to pros and having someone like an Andre Johnson and a DeMarco Murray can really help a lot of guys especially Mariota. So I think this is I mean, I think that the Titans are are definitely taking a very um structured and kind of pre-planned route to rebuilding, which is what you should do. I don't think you should be like the Browns and be starting over every 2 years because then you're not rebuilding, you're just constantly uh, Stuck in neutral, you're not. You're never going anywhere. Well, in fairness, no, it's not like the Titans have been going anywhere for the past seven, eight years. They've anyway, been better than the Browns. That's yeah, not saying anything, though. You know, that's that's like saying you know Hillary Trump is better than or Hillary Clinton's better than Donald Trump, or vice versa. You know, it's it, it, there's not really much room to improve. My my point being is, I do like what they're doing, though. They're probably going to be good in, or they're, they're aiming to be good in. A minimum two to three years, maybe a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, so why not? Let's let's sign these old guys. Let's have them teach us to be professional, teach us some tricks of the trade. And we're still probably going to be pretty awful this year. Maybe we improve a little bit upon last year. Um, you know, we get a couple another good draft picks, and by you know two or three years down the road, Mariota's playing really well. We can contend in this division that's typically weak although this year should be better than than past i think the future i think the future of that whole division is kind of going to be competitive in the next you know 2 3 years i mean it, it was competitive last year mostly because of, of the down year by indianapolis but um you know these these other teams notably the titans and the jaguars seem to be making real strides in their improvements you know um you saw a lot of progression in, in Blake Bortles. We'll we'll see what Mariota does in year two. Hopefully, no sophomore slump for him. Um, I I think that as the Titans, I don't think you're expecting Andre Johnson to to go revert back to the thousand yard years and you know the the fifteen, seventeen, eighteen touchdown seasons. Um, but I think you you can expect a little bit out of him. I do think he's going to have a better year this year than he did last year, um, mainly because he's not going to be competing a whole lot with other people as far as catches. He is, but he's already the number one. Yeah. Whereas last year, you know, Ty's was their guy in Indy, and they had good tight ends. Um, I don't know. He's definitely going to have a better year this year than last year. I think the one thing to remember with Andre Johnson too is his time in Houston when he was putting up all those crazy numbers. He never really had great quarterbacks. David well, that's, that's what made him great, too, I feel like. Is, so he's, he's kind of back. In, I mean, you know, Mariota's not great. He, he is still young, but... This is also back when he could, you know, probably jump a little higher, was a little more athletic, well, was, was a little faster. too, yes. Yeah. I mean, it, I always thought that was amazing about him is he would consistently put up, you know, 12, 1,300-yard seasons with the, the cars. And I can't even name some of the other quarterbacks that had, but it wasn't good. Sage Rosenfeld? Oh, you know who was his guy? I only know that one because I saw it on an article. Oh, they're, uh, God, I shouldn't, Schaub. Matt Schaub. I forgot. You know what? What's Sh- the playoffs with Sh- I'm saying Schaub actually had, like, a, he was never great, but he was always decent, and then he just fell apart. 
Like he, it, he had like it went quickly. He had like three games in a row where he had pick sixes. It was it was bad. It was, yeah. It was it was off a cliff. Oh, there wa- was there was no. I wonder what he's doing nowadays. Progression to that. I, who knows? He might be on a roster. I don't know. He might be a backup. I don't have to look that. I have to Google that. We'll have to check that out. So interesting. You know, we're 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 through the dog days of summer in July, and now we've got we've got training camps going. So I, I feel as if tra- as right before training camp get started is I think when NFL players are probably the most bored because they're ready to get back into football yet they still have to wait for uh, they still have to wait for training camp to get here so they're trying to find a way to pass the time well Brandon Marshall took it upon himself to challenge Antonio Brown uh, for the in during the 2016 season and Brandon Marshall bet Antonio Brown that he would have more receiving yards this year than him which the signing of Fitzpatrick helps Brandon Marshall ever so slightly but this wasn't just like a like a friendly wager you know throw throw a few bucks on it which a few bucks for these guys is a lot more than a few bucks for us Brandon Brandon Marshall put on the line his Jets themed white Porsche and Antonio Brown, I don't know if he's officially accepted the bet or not. I, I think he has. He is offering up his Steelers-themed Rolls-Royce. Interesting. I guess, let, let me start by saying, before I even get to, like, who, you know, what, who could win this or whatever, let's say they do win. What is each other going to do with each other's car? I think the first, you, you, first thing you got to get it re- repainted. That's my point. It's like, what am I going to do with this Jets-themed Porsche? When I, when maybe I drive this like, It'd be kind of fun to drive around as like a token, though. I was going to say, maybe you keep it that way because then it's like almost more of an insult to that person. Like you you keeping the car the way it was. Yeah. No, I can see that. Okay. You're right. No, I like that. Oh, oh fun fact before, we, before I forget. Matt Schaub, back to the old stomping grounds. Atlanta. He's a backup there. All right. Yeah. So back where he started. Anyway, um, yeah, I saw that that discussion on NFL Live the other day between uh, Marshall and Brown. And though, yeah, he hasn't actually officially accepted it, it would, I feel like it would be in Brown's best interest to accept that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely it would. I don't really see a way that uh, Brandon Marshall comes out on top of this. I, I think that not only does – I mean, Antonio Brown is – in the prime in the prime of his career, Brandon Marshall is not. I Antonio Brown has a much better quarterback throwing to him in Ben Roethlisberger than Brandon. See, Marshall yeah, that's does. my biggest concern right there. And I mean, I think that's yeah, that's 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 it right there. You have he's more talented and still in his prime, and he's got a better guy throwing the ball. I haven't seen the schedules line up, but. So Brown last year, I have the stats because me and Ross did a, a little segment on him, and I'm going to ask you questions about it too. So the past two years, I think he has 200. Let me let me get it right here. It's over 200 something catches. It is 264 catches. Oh my God, that's a lot. Yeah, and last year he had over 1,800 yards and 10 touchdowns. Marshall did have a solid year last year. I I'm still but testing. He was nowhere near 1,800 yards. Like he, I don't even know if he got to 1,100. He was, you know, I know he broke a thousand, and he had a good number of touchdowns, but it was nowhere. And this, this like, is this is specifically receiving yards. 
Yeah, that, that, I know. That they're betting on. Not catches, not touchdowns. Not catches, Now, touchdowns. if it was touchdowns, I might feel differently because Marshall's height. Yeah, and he's and Fitzpatrick does like to go to him on those those fades in the end zone, which you know anybody does. I will say the thing with Fitzpatrick, and, and would also upset you if you have to be Gino, is a lot of like catches that that Marshall has or other receivers has is Fitzpatrick's just throwing it up there for four people like Marshall to go up and grab. So maybe, maybe Fitz, you know, Fitzpatrick's one of those guys, kind of like, um, who was it last year? Uh, one of the uh, Texans quarterbacks. It wasn't Hoyer. It, they had some third-string guy come in after some concussions. Um, not Mallet either. But my, my point being is he came in and threw it. <laughs> it's going to bug me until I find out. But, like, every player is like, uh, Hopkins fade, Hopkins fade, Hopkins fade. Like every play. Hey, if you got the guy, then then use it. I my, mean, my point is Marshall can do that to some degree, but but not even remotely close enough. Still, is going to get close to. That's the thing is to, like Antonio Brown can catch the ball in so many more places on the field than Brandon Marshall can. Like Brandon Marshall isn't going across the middle in his career anymore. That's that's not his gig. He doesn't do that. Um, Antonio Brown will go across the middle. You can dump it to him. He's so fast. You can dump it to him on like a little, just like, almost like a, like a screen. Like, they get the bubble screens like three with yards them, yeah. behind the line, like three yards in front of the line of scrimmage, dump it to him, and he takes off. I mean, his, I, I would like to see a breakdown of his yards and then his like yards after the catch um, because I, I imagine that, that that was a much higher percentage than a lot of other receivers. It was funny. So they, they mentioned the term pink slip. So they're playing for pink slips, which is just ownership of your car. Mm-hmm. And it brought me back to uh, Fast and Furious. So when they race, they f- race for pink slips. I'm like, Marshall, you have a better chance of doing that. Why you, you should just race cars. Yeah, you should race for, yeah. Because like, that's a better shot than you. It, it's not even entirely your fault. I still think, obviously, I think Brown's a better receiver at this point in his career. Not that Marshall's bad. It's just, no. but Lava is the guy who's throwing it to you. It, you know, it's like a big man in basketball. You're only as good when. People can dump the ball to you down low. Yeah, you know, Antonio Brown is a much, right now, in in this season, is a much more versatile receiver than Brandon Marshall is. And I think that the one thing you got to keep coming back to is he's got a better guy throwing him the ball. And that makes a huge difference. I I mean, you think about... Peyton Manning through the years and some of the guys that, that he... Like, do you think Dallas Clark... Do you think we would know who Dallas Clark is if he... If Peyton Manning wasn't the quarterback in Indy for all those years, he'd be the guy who doesn't wear gloves. That's that'd be, that's that's how I would know Dallas Clark. I mean, how do you think a guy like Marvin Harrison would have done without Manning for all those years? I mean, he'd probably still been like a you know a middle tier number one guy, but no way the career he has currently. Exactly. So so I th- I think that you know I, I think that's the similar situation that we're looking at here. It's just that who would you rather have throwing you the football, Ben Roethlisberger or Ryan Fitzpatrick? Yeah, exactly. It's not I think even close. everyone's going to choose. Choose Ben. So I'm I'm going to take Antonio Brown in this easily. Yeah. So I want to talk about Brown. So he came up in the news. I don't know if it was today or yesterday. He was um, at camp and he stated that he wanted to renegotiate his deal with the Steelers. So currently he is in year five of six of the of this deal that's worth forty three million. Okay. And this year he's scheduled to get six point two five million. Um, so he still has this year left and the following year left on his deal. But is he, next year is the sixth year guaranteed, or is it like a team option, player option kind now, of? Now, see, I, I'm not sure of that. Okay, I it's either partially guaranteed or maybe not at all. Okay, um, there's no way. I don't think it's fully guaranteed, which is part of the reason I think he wants to retalk. 
now he signed this deal. This was supposed to be most of this money was supposed to go to Mike Wallace, but they didn't want to deal with his stuff, and he won more money in yeah. Miami. So Antonio Brown's like, okay, I'll take it. And it's basically almost the same deal, maybe a slightly less. But this is also only probably at one year of production from Brown. So he was still fairly unknown at the time. Um, obviously, since then, he has well outplayed what it's worth, which is why he's asked to negotiate. Um, but management for the Steelers has set the precedent that we do not want to speak with anyone until they're on the final year of their deal. So he still has two years left, and that's why they're, they're not trying to renegotiate So right they now. don't want to talk to him until this time next year. Yeah, they're not willing to renegotiate until, er, until then. So, like, if it, whose side are you on? Basically, like, like, what would you do here? Well, I, I think that, I think that Antonio Brown has every right to try to renegotiate. I, I think that you know, if he feels, and I think he's proven that he's outplayed the money that he's getting paid, and if he says, "Hey, I would like to," you know, let's let's look at this deal again, and I think we both know that I'm worth more that that a fair salary for me is more than you're actually going to give me this year. I don't see any problem with him asking for that money. Yeah, so the the quote he he said um, in camp, I think it was maybe it was today, he said, or maybe it was earlier, he says, you have to take care of your guys. Um, if they underperform, you cut them. If they overperform, you take care of them. And I think there's a lot of sentiment to that because now in other sports, like maybe it's NBA or um, MLB. So these guys' contracts, they're all guaranteed. So no matter what, you know, they underperform, they overperform, they're getting their money. Yeah. Whereas NFL, you know, a guy gets injured or he just has a really poor season. Next season, you can cut him. And, and I think because of that, I'm more lenient with NFL guys trying to restructure their deals. So I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally fine with him doing it, especially that we're going into year five. So he's, he's played four years on the contract. Um, and, and as you said, he's completely outpaid what he's outplayed what he's getting paid. Um, I have no problem with him a- asking for, you know, the opportunity to renegotiate. At the same time, from the Steelers' perspective, I see no problem with them saying, "Hey, this is the way that we have decided to run our team," or, or "This is the way we've decided to run our business." You know, it's while it is a football team and they are playing a sport, it's still a business entity. I, I do like the fact that they don't want to set precedent because then every time you get a good player, he's going to want to renegotiate. Well. I, I, I feel like they've already set their precedent, and it's that we will not, you know, we don't want to talk with you until you're in the final year of your contract, which I think, from their perspective, is is a smart idea because it kind of protects them. If, if, if let's say that they renegotiate with Brown this year, and for some reason or whatever, and they sign him to, let's say it's, let's say they do like another four years, and let's say after this year he kind of falls off, and you the next two years, what would be the last two years of his deal right currently, but the first half of this new deal, he underperforms what he's getting paid. Then do you think he's going to be okay with them cutting him? Probably not, no. Exactly. So I, I see this as, as this is the Steelers' way of protecting themselves from a bad investment. They've, they've already put the money into him, and they say um, we're, they don't want to – put more money into something well when it has a longer possibility to fall apart and i and i get that i i see the argument from both from both sides maybe a nice compromise in the things i don't know the intricacies of the of his deal but let's say next year maybe not all his money is guaranteed maybe you can negotiate hey we'll give you next year guaranteed and then we'll renegotiate 
as far as like you know the the next year's we can like do extending. The, the, yeah, maybe that's what he's concerned about because, like I said, like it, maybe he's not guaranteed. And let's say he, you know his quad goes out and he's you're not sure exactly what he's going to be going forward. True, like you just mentioned. But exactly, but you know then the Steelers want to protect themselves from that. And I usually agree with you. It's just like, in this league, it's like, man, as an NFL guy, like you just you, you're not cut a lot of slack. You don't have these guaranteed contracts, so no. But but I think it's, I guess, uh, talking guaranteed or or not guaranteed contracts, I feel that while maybe it's it, while compared to NBA and, and MLB, the NFL contracts are tougher because they are much more performance based. I think that almost makes it a fairer contract because it, it's okay. We're going to give you a. We're, we're, you know, we're going to give you your base, and then depending on how you play, you can get more money. It's kind of like, it's like a, it's like a sales job. You know, okay, we'll give you a a base salary, and then based on what you sell and the amount you sell, you get more money. Yeah, no, I I don't disagree with it. I just wish um, he's obviously getting underpaid at least his base salary, and I wish there was a way they they could do this because, like you said, you do want to take care of your guys, and you don't want them to get malcontent. So hopefully they negotiate, and maybe it's just this time next. Maybe just put it in their mind for this time next year. Even maybe that's what it is. That you know that that I'm gonna say that that's probably what it is because I, I don't see Antonio Brown falling off from the, the past couple years he, he's had, or I should say at least falling off drastically. I mean, it, it's hard to follow up his last two years. It's 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 been incredible. Um, I think this time next year the Steelers take care of Antonio Brown, and I think they're going to want to keep him along. They're, yeah. they're going to keep him around for a I while. would hope so. He's, if he's not the best receiver, he's definitely in the he's top five, easily, top three. If you are to name a top however many of receivers, I think that he needs to be somewhere in the conversation. I think he's, fir- he's first for me. Now you feel differently, but that, that's a whole different story. Um, let's talk NFC East. I will... Uh, North. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Did I say East? We, yeah, did, we, did, we did last did week. East last week. North. Yeah. Now, speaking of divisions that are, you, you said the AFC South was trending upwards. This one's, I feel like, trending sideways. Maybe I'll agree with that. We're we're we've plateaued here in the NFC North. I would say that definitely. Who? What team do you want to start with? Um. Let's just go. Let's just go alphabetical, and let's just go with the Bears. Okay. We'll start with the Bears then. Yeah. Great. Six and ten in two, in twenty fifteen. So kind of uh, you know, four games under five hundred, but you. It's with with the Bears right now. This is kind of like eh, what you expect. I mean, they're they're they they have to play the Packers twice. The Packers are a good team, and in this off season, they got rid of Matt Forte, which I I believe his contract was up, and they just decided to not that they said, look, we're not going to resign you no matter what. So I don't they didn't they didn't cut him. They just his contract was up, and they didn't want him around anymore. Um, which is weird because I always because he had a decent year last year and. He doesn't. I mean, I know he's an older running back by running back terms, but I, I mean, I feel like you could. They didn't. They could have signed him for something cheaper. But he's still, while he is older for running back, he's still been performing he's, very well. Uh, he's on my fantasy team. He did well last year. I mean, he didn't have any spectacular games, but he played consistent. But it's very consistent, and that's kind of what they need on offense. I mean, uh, they've got they've got Jay Cutler, and other than that, or you know, he's feast or famine, really. You you, you smoking Jay, smoking yeah. Jay. He's going to throw a lot of interceptions, and he might throw a lot of touchdowns one game, and he might throw none the next game. You just, you you don't really know. I don't know how their defense is. I don't know if I can name anybody on their defense right now. It's not as good as it was in the years under Lovey Smith. It's nowhere near 
as good as it was then the the Erlacher and Briggs years. So I see this being you know another long season. I would not want to say long because they're not going to be like two and fourteen. Um, but it's they're I feel like in a rebuilding process, but they're just like saying ah we'll act- we'll actually start the rebuilding next year. Like we'll we'll get really bad in a year or two, and then we'll start to get better. Okay, no, I'm with you on that. Like, I I probably see him going around that six and ten range again. I mean, they they do have Alshon on offense, but they, I mean, they they, they lost Bennett, who was a big playmaker for them. They don't have Forte anymore. Their defense is kind of garbage. They got to go against the Packers. They got to go against the Vikings twice. So, and those six six wins, maybe seven tops for them. Yeah. Okay. Let's do uh, let's do Lions. So they went seven to nine last year. Um, obviously, the the biggest news, and you put it in the notes here, was was Calvin Johnson retiring. Yeah. Um, but even last year, he didn't play that great uh, by his standards. Which now he has set an extremely high bar, uh, and the team overall just didn't ever really look right offensively. Um, they did have some issues, and, and defensively, I can't. I honestly, I can't really name any players on that team. I know they don't have Sue on the team anymore. Exactly, <laughs> but like, uh, you know the. They're just they're below average defensively, and Stafford, you know, he has a tendency to throw a lot of interceptions. Would we be wrong to say that the Bears and the and the Lions are two very similar teams? No, it's very similar. Like you have one or two good offensive players, and, and their defenses, you know, no names, and they're they're just they're just not very good. Yeah, it's it, you know they're just they're just kind of middle of the pack right now. Um, I think I even said, below that, I would say. I've because of the loss of Calvin Johnson, I've got the Lions taking a hit this year. I have, I have him down as four and twelve. I could see him getting to the five and eleven, six and ten, something like that. Um, you know, they I, like, could, I think four and twelve is pretty realistic, though. They could, they could sneak a game like Minnesota at home, um, or you know, the both of those Chicago games are 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 toss ups. They could win both, lose both, split them. You know, who knows what's going to happen? Now, what division are they? Matched up with this year? I I don't remember. I thought you said NFC South. I, but um, so if that's the let's say that is the case, I mean you get Tampa, and then you get um the Saints who play very good. I think it's the East actually. Oh, it's the East. Okay. Yes, because I know the Cowboys play the Packers. Well, that's even better, really, because those are all. I mean, those teams are all okay, but they're not great, so they're all winnable except for the except for Dallas. Dallas to be better, but outside Dallas, but two of the two of these teams will get Dallas at home, which. Is is a help? I don't know. I think Dallas is good enough that they can still beat them. Those teams on the road. Uh, well, maybe not Green Bay or, or Minnesota, but definitely the the Chicago, I think, or Detroit. I think Green Bay gets Dallas at Lambeau. Oh, it's a little uh, replay of your favorite game. It was a catch. That's I, all I'm gonna say. I'm with you on that, man. That's all I'm gonna say. It was a football move. The Packers last year, ten and six. Uh, it, kind of a a. Um, not the year that we've come to expect from the Packers and Aaron Rodgers recently. Um, they lost Jordy Nelson at the beginning of the year, and that really uh, – I think they won like their first seven games or so at the beginning of the year. Six first seven? six. I think they lost the first game against Denver. It was game seven, I want to say. Yeah, they won – I mean, they, they, they started off real hot, but after that you could kind of see where um, – the things they were trying to make up for without having Jordy Nelson in their offense were kind of coming through, and defenses had figured out a way to stop that. Uh, they're, they're definitely going to lean on the pass. They always have with Rodgers. Their backfield isn't the strongest. I mean, those guys will be good for, for you know 100 yards or so and maybe a couple short touchdown runs, but they're going to lean on the pass. I would if I had Aaron Rodgers. Um, 
I think that they have to be considered the, the favorite in the division this year. I, I know the Vikings won it last year, only beaten by a game, and that came down to the last game of the season when they were both 10-5. and five. Whoever won was going to win the division, and, and uh, Minnesota took that game. Um, it was kind of a that was by the way that was kind of it was kind of almost unfortunate they won or that they won that game because then they had to play Seattle whereas uh, the Packers they got ended up going to Washington yeah so it was almost better I feel like for the, for them but Minnesota should have won that game yeah no we we'll, we'll talk about that yeah. we'll get to that um, again kind of similar to the Bears and the Lions I don't think their defense is anything to write home about you know they've. They've got playmakers in in Peppers and Matthews, um, but after that, you're kind of like uh, I don't really, no. I don't really know what else they got going on. So they're uh, it, it's it's not as crucial for them to slow the opposing teams down as it is you know the the Bears to the Lions because they can score more points. Um, but they're going to end up in in some shootouts this year, I think. Yeah. So last year you brought it up uh, they lo- they lost Jordan Nelson, and we realized how valuable he is to the offense. And the offense in general, you know, what I saw a lot of is, you know, the typical Packers, kind of like Patriots, you know, running around a lot of picks, a lot of short passes, um, a lot of timing routes. And what you notice is when those weren't working, Rodgers had to hold the ball a long time, and because the receivers aren't good, they could not get separation. And he was, you know, he was getting sacked a lot more or, or making errant passes a lot more than he's used to. Um, and as much as time, I mean, he can buy a lot of time with his legs, but at some point your, your receivers just have to get open, and they were not getting separation. So this year they get Jordy back. Uh, you put Cobb back in that that slot and like almost like as a second receiver. I think their offense, you know, improves dramatically, um, which is funny because they're already a great offense. But but you know, back to his MVP type season that he had the year before is going to be more like that. And I think they easily win the division. Yeah, I got them going. Uh, let me check here, twelve and four. And I think that that may be, and they may be good enough to get tops in the NFC this year? I think it's going to be between them. Uh, I mean, Dallas, depending on Romo's health, is is in the mix. I think you're looking at what a team we'll talk about you know, in, in a couple weeks. I think you're looking at Carolina making a run again. Of course, yeah. And then, and then you know, maybe maybe out west, Arizona. And, and you can never rule Seattle out, uh, yeah. obviously. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's, let's finish up with the Vikings. La- le- 11-5 and five last year, won the division. First time in a while that they've done that. Uh, and as we just touched on, their home playoff game against Seattle, it was an ugly one. It also was a terrible game to attend if you were in attendance. The air temperature did not get above zero until midway through the third quarter. No, hey, unless that you're was just terrible. Unless you're Bud Grant going out there in a polo for the for the toss. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Unbelievable. I don't care if I. The only way I'm going to that game is if I've got tickets in a suite, and I, I don't care how like snotty that might sound. If it's that cold, there's no way I'm going. Which I felt awful because. Um, you know, with with Blair Walsh's kick that he missed from, I think it was like twenty something yards. It was like, shorter than an I, extra say, point. Yeah, it, it was bad. Um, now I, I will say they messed up because they didn't line it straight up for him. They also had laces in. Yeah, I don't know. Still, if it, like if that ball is straight on instead of on a hash, he probably makes it. But I felt really bad for you could see in the back of the crowd. You know, these guys are cheering, and a lot of these guys don't have any shirts on. They've been out there for three hours. Like I, I, they must in between plays be putting something on because that, that's ridiculous. You get frostbite, but those guys are all pumped. They're excited. Their team's going to advance, and then they lose. It's just, it's just a, a gun wrenching loss. There, it's hard. It's hard to have losses worse than that. Yeah, I, I, th- I mean, you know, when it comes down to 
something like a kick and you know the guy who's who's one job that is like i i don't want to be too hard on the kickers because i i can't kick a field goal i i think i've made a couple from like the old extra point range but anything beyond that i can't do so i can't really you know say that it's that easy but as an nfl kicker i think you probably should make that kick if it's within 30 yards you need you to make should, it you should you probably, make it. probably be making it's like that. it's like a layup it's the equivalent so uh, Last year, eleven and five. I think that that caught a lot of people by surprise with how um, how successful they were. I think a lot of people were surprised with the the improvement in Teddy Bridgewater and his quarterback play. I think that he showed a lot of people that he he had progressed nicely. Um, I don't I don't know if I want to expect the same year out of him, or maybe if he'll, if he'll fall back a little bit, um, just because. I, I think that last year might have been kind of a little bit of a, a lightning in the bottle type thing, but I think that it, it makes Minnesota look that much smarter for making the pick that they did. Um, well, what was he? Twenty four? No, no, he. 13? Oh yeah, twenty fourteen. Fourteen draft, yeah, and they got him at the very end of the first round. Yeah, the last they, pick they I was traded saying. back into the first yeah, round. I believe. Correct. Yeah. So I feel a little differently about them. I think they're going to regress even more. I think they're going to go like eight and eight. Uh, and it sucks because I really like Mike Zimmer. I think he's a great coach. I just don't – from what I've seen of Teddy Bridgewater, I just do not believe in him. Speaking of Mike Zimmer, side note, the Vikings just gave him an extension today. Really? Uh, yeah, I forget length and, and money, but, yeah, they have him around for a I few think, more years. I think their defense is underrated, and, and they doesn't mean they're great, but they're, you know, they're, they're above average. I just – offense, I'm just, it's just, they just struggle to get points, man, and it's brutal to watch. Like, Teddy – he was dead. The Vikings were dead last in passing yards last year, or they're second to last. It was one of the two. So they're obviously struggling in the passing game. They do also, since they won the division, they do have a little bit of a tougher schedule this year. You know, they've got to play. They've got to play Carolina. They've got to play Washington, which won't be. I don't think it'll be that. They got to play Cardinals. They got to play Arizona. Um, I have I have them going ten and six, but the eight and eight. I can see because you know, like I said, the the Lions or the Bears could could sneak up and you know steal one of those games when when I still feel confident. Like, goes there. When, I, when I talk about the Packers, I feel confident. Yeah, you and, feel, and a lot of it's the quarterback. That's it, we've time and time again we keep showing that you know you having a good quarterback gets you it it, it can get you places when well, other parts of your team struggle. Um, as much as I, we always say that, and then you look at Denver last year, and they didn't need it. That is an outlier because you look at how historically good their defense yeah. was. Yeah, we, we don't we don't talk about NFL defense. Okay, I'm glad we disagree though. So you have them still getting the wild card, whereas I have them not making the playoffs. I have a, yeah, I've got them sneaking in as a wild card. I think it's going to be close, um, but I, I I think they'll get one. Okay, we'll find out. Um, anyway, that's all we have for this week. Uh, next week. NFC South. We'll go NFC South, yeah. Okay, great. Um, make sure to go to sportshappier.com to look for all the podcasts. We're under the Go For Three tab. Uh, so you can look at any of the other previews we've done. They're in there as well. Um, also, if you want to check out other podcasts, myself and Ross Schreiber do a Sports Happy Hour. We do more general sports topics. This week, we did talk about Brown. Uh, we also talked about the PGA Tour Championship and um, Draymond Green sending pictures. He shouldn't be sending because that's always fun. Uh, subscribe to both via iTunes, Stitcher Radio. All you have to do is search Go For Three. It will come up on iTunes, I swear. It'll be the first or second one, so it's not hard to find. Um, and then follow both on Twitter, at Go4 underscore the number three, and then at Sports Happy Hour as well. 
Um, that's all we got for this week, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Take care.